Before we start the show, I just wanted to reach out and say that if you are loving listening to The Truth Prescription as much as we are loving making it, please subscribe to the podcast. Hit that subscribe button. Rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and iHeartRadio, to name a few. And come check us out at www.thetruthprescription.com to get more insights and info, because the truth will set you free if you let it. I always say one of the worst things that can happen to a person is that they get everything that they've dreamed of, that they accomplish all of their goals. It's one of the worst and one of the best. Gentlemen and ladies, brothers and sisters, people, whoever you are and wherever you are, welcome to the Truth Prescription Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sekou Gathers, and each week I interview successful people from around the world and discuss how accepting the truth can propel your career and help you live a life of gusto and purpose. No mantras, no gimmicks, just the truth. So close your eyes and open your ears, and let's get into this. Come on. Good people, welcome to another episode of the Truth Prescription Podcast. Today I had a fantastic, exciting interview with Mrs. Tiffany Hawkins, who's the COO of Momentum Advisors. I brought her on the show because her story of being someone who was in the business world, who was successful and lost it all and then gained everything again, reminds me a lot of my own journey. Tiffany's also the host of the Momentum Advisor show on Sirius XM Radio, where she and her co-host, Alan Boomer, discuss financial strategies for wealth building. Now, today's truth story revolved around the idea of who you are versus who you are supposed to be. Okay, again, who you are versus who you're supposed to be. I hope you all enjoy the episode. Close your eyes and open your ears and let's get it. All right, good people. Welcome back to the True Prescription Podcast. I'm really happy today. I have Miss Tiffany Hawkins here. Hey, Tiffany. Hello. Before we start and get into all things Tiffany, I just want to, you know, give a quick shout out to uh, Mr. Kobe Bryant. His memorial was yesterday. I remember when it happened, I was kind of messed up for about a week and then life goes on. But then, you know, just it hit me again, just watching Jordan. And it was, it's, it's been tough. It's, it was tough. It was tough. I had to shed some tears, some more tears uh, yesterday when I watched it. But anyway, we have Tiffany Hawkins here. Tiffany is the head of private investments and business development at Momentum Advisors with my buddy Alan Boom over there. She deals primarily with assets that are not in the market. So things like real estate, private businesses, and franchising. Before she was there, she worked in various marketing PR roles, including a two-year stint with Mr. Sean Combs at Ciroc. And um, she's an entrepreneur. She owns some dry cleaners and some gyms. And most importantly, she's a graduate of my alma mater, Morgan State University, represent class of 2004. Now, I would like to get in. She majored in biological research and statistics, which I'm like, that's interesting. We're going to figure out how you went from there to what you're doing now. Yeah, that's it. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. First and foremost, yes. um, gusto. I haven't heard that word in a long time, especially <laughs> not coming from a black man. So I'm going to reintroduce it into my vocabulary gusto. and make it more common. That's gusto. right. That's right. I we like try, gusto. We're trying to live with some gusto. Also, update. As of January 1, I'm Chief Operating Officer of Momentum Advisor. Wow. So wow. that wow. will be reflected on the website soon because we have a new website coming. But exactly. Chief Operating Officer. How's that feel? Long time coming is how it mm. feels. That's how it feels. Why are you taking so long, Alan? <laughs> What's your problem, Alan Boomer? He's over there quiet. Yeah, no. You know she deserves it. No, it was it was it was appropriate and appreciated. Okay. Yeah. Great. It's really cool when you can work with people that not only get along with, but that you actually consider family. And have a respect for. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. 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 Respect goes a long way, especially in disagreements. Mm. We don't all agree. And I think yeah. that's a good thing but we manage it well because we respect each other. Yeah, cool. Okay. All right, so we're going to jump right into the true prescription. For my old listeners, you know what the show's about. For the new listeners, I'll just be brief. The thesis for my show is basically that we are afraid of truth. We don't like it. It's uncomfortable. And so when you look in that mirror and that thing is looking at you, you're saying, hmm, I don't know about it. But what my guests know and what I've known through my Many experiences, many traumatic experiences is that if you don't accept the truth, you will not be set free. And so what I'd like Tiffany to do 
is go through, we're going to do a combination today, or she can choose one, personal or professional, a truth. So tell us a story about something maybe in your life that, you know, you maybe were ignoring or weren't aware of, right? Because sometimes there are truths, there are things that go on outside of us that we're just not aware of. But once you became aware of it and had to accept it, you went through some kind of breakthrough. That realization created a breakthrough for you. So similar to you, I've had like several traumatic, life-altering, but very necessary life experiences. Yeah, necessary. Uh, Necessary. (laughs) And so I am divorced, happily, pleasantly divorced. Um, (laughs) But I mean that in saying that like I had a happy marriage and I had a pleasant divorce and I had a very pleasant more than pleasant relationship with my ex-husband after my marriage. So it wasn't contentious at all. So when people hear me say happy, it's like, I'm so good. I'm so glad to get away from him. No, it was a pleasant experience all the way through. Okay. But you said you had a happy marriage. Mm -hmm. Sure did. How does that... Well, I'm going to let you tell your story. Go ahead. I got married because that's what you do when you come from a good black family. That's true. Okay. You go to college. You meet a guy at college who treats you well and has a great major and a potentially great career. <laughs> right. And then shortly after graduation, he proposes because mm. he's already asked your parents. And then you say yes, because that is what everyone does right. the first year out of college. And so I was on that boat. Yeah. Mind you, I knew my entire life, probably, you know, up until this point anyway, that I did not want to get married at an early age. Mm. I made it very clear to anyone around me, mm. not interested in marriage at, at an early age. I don't want to even look at marriage until after the, at least in, in my 30s. So hmm. I'm dating this really great guy who is all about marriage. <laughs> He's got, <laughs> at, you know, like he comes from a family where like marriage is the most important thing. Yeah. And like, he's been thinking about marriage since the day we met. And I'm wow. like, even my father said like, uh, <laughs> Tiffany, like do you, is that the road, you know? And yeah. so I got married because that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Even though I was completely clear that I've always been different. I've never wanted to follow the path that others followed. I was it never was even attractive to me. Mm. You know, like even you know like watching the Cosby show or watching love stories and like you meet this guy, it never resonated with me. I'm like, yeah, I don't want that. Mm. I don't want any parts of that. It was so traditional. It was so traditional. And I said to him one thing. I said, you know, you know, I don't need to, I don't need to do this, right? Like, we could totally. <laughs> you told him that. Yeah, no, for okay, sure. I okay. said, we could totally just keep dating. Like, I'm not, yeah. I'm not interested in dating anybody else. I'm just not interested in this. And um, he was like, you know, this is what we're supposed to do. And, <sighs> right. And I said, cool. Now, so I got married. And I got married on, like, <laughs> We walk down the aisle. I'm walking down the aisle with my father like, this is a bad call. (laughs) We are not, we are not doing the right thing here. I had a conversation the night before with my, I had a best man and my maid of honor. Mm -hmm. Like, this is not, I, and I I am not a person who gets nervous. I don't have jitters. So this wasn't that. This wasn't cold feet. Yeah. I'm like, nope, this is not the right thing to do. So we got through Mm. the wedding. But immediately thereafter, I said, I don't think I made the right call. And it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with me. Okay. But he was a great guy. Like, we don't have, we didn't have problems in our relationship. Right. He was a great guy. He was one of my best friends. So he yeah. was like, listen, I'll do what I can to make this manageable for you. But give it a shot. Okay. And he said, if you find yourself in a place where you've done what you can do and it doesn't work out, I won't make it hard for you. And literally, probably three years in, he came home from work one day and he said he was uh, getting his MBA at the time from Emory. We were living in Atlanta. Okay. We had moved to Atlanta from Baltimore. And he said, um, you did everything I asked you to do. And I, I could not live with myself if I kept you in a situation that I knew you weren't wow. trying to be in. And he let me out. Wow. That's big. Yeah. I was back in New Jersey in 48 hours. <laughs> yeah. But... That was the beginning because this was a lesson I had to learn several times over. Okay. That was the beginning okay. of me realizing that who I am is on purpose. And for a very, very long time, I constantly believed that certain characteristics about me and the way that I thought was just off. There was a glitch. There was something wrong. I hadn't come around yet. 
why don't I feel the same way that other people feel? Why don't I want the same things that other people want? Why am I so aggressive in certain areas? You got to work on that. You got to smooth that out. It took a while. It took several knocks in the head Mm. for me to realize that everything about me and everything about who I am is completely on purpose. Yeah. They say God don't make no mistakes. No. That's interesting, man. So, because it's it's funny, a lot of times, like, you know, people don't really know what they want or yeah. they're, they have to kind of discover, but you were very clear. Yeah. Like, I don't want to do really do this. I this. But I'm not interested in this. You did it. But I did it because he's a good guy. Yeah. And I don't have a reason. I can't express exactly why I yeah. don't want to do this. Yeah. And it's super important to you. And so, <laughs> sure, you know, let's try it out. So that was the first major thing, right? Yeah. Where you sort of, didn't go with your gut. Right. You, you knew your gut. You trusted your gut, but you didn't go with your gut. Right. Were there other things, other times when you sort of didn't really trust your gut and made a decision that you later were like, ah? So no, there weren't times where there were, what ended up happening along the way is we we became like best friends. Okay. And so I got to a place where before my gut even set, like move, like if I got an inkling, I was ready to just shut the whole situation down. Okay. Which I think is good, but it has put me in some precarious situations. <laughs> um, and it is never it has never steered me wrong, okay. but it has steered me through very difficult times. It is the decision that I think was supposed to be made, but it was not comfortable and it had me in dark periods for long periods of time. Mm. Give me an example. So when I left the marketing industry and I left at the top, like I was with Puff and Mm. I was flying my friends to Paris and we were going Mm. to Jay-Z and Beyonce. Mm. Like it was a, Mm. it was a movie. Okay. It was a movie. movie. (laughs) Beautiful brownstone in Brooklyn, Mm. parties, very high end lifestyle. Mm. And literally. you were single. Well, I was, I had just started dating this guy that I had been wanting to date since I was 11 years old. Okay, so I finally got the dude. Okay, okay, living this life. Me and my girls are all over. And I woke up one morning and nothing mattered anymore. I didn't like him. I didn't like where I was living. I didn't like my job. I didn't like my salary. I didn't like my friends. I didn't know who I was at all anymore. Mm. And I did not... (laughs) <laughs> I did not take the time to figure out what all that meant because it was my gut. Yeah. I shut it all shut down. It down. Quit my job, broke up with my boyfriend, moved out of my place like immediately. Immediately. Within a week. Wow. My friends, like my Damn. friends were flying in. They thought I was having a breakdown. I was like, I am having a breakdown, but I don't, I've got to just do this thing. I've learned my lesson. Yeah. And it sent me through a period wow. of completely not knowing who I was or what was next for me for probably about a year and a half. I always say one of the worst things that can happen to a person is that they get everything that they've dreamed of, that they accomplish all of their goals. It's one of the worst and one of the best. I had accomplished every goal that I had set out for myself, very specifically, the type of brownstone I wanted. I wanted to work for Puff. I had wanted this guy since I was 11 years old. Mm -hmm. I wanted to travel this type of way. I wanted to make this amount of money. I wanted my life to look like a specific thing. And I, I have to say probably like two weeks into having it, I was like, what is this? <laughs> like, yes. And yeah. I was... It's, I, like, and, well, it's like when you were walking down the aisle. Yeah. Same thing. And I wasn't even 30. So I'm like, oh, yeah. what am I supposed to do with the rest of my time? And none of this stuff that I thought mattered matters. I feel nothing. I feel completely dead inside. Mm. And so I did wow. all those things. Wow. There were a lot of things that started to happen. Sandy hit. And when Sandy hit, I got stuck back in Atlanta because I had friends in Atlanta and I was visiting them. Okay. Hurricane Sandy for yeah. folks not in the tri-state. Yes. And I got stuck back in Atlanta. And you know, Atlanta do you wrong. You have one <laughs> good weekend in Atlanta. You'd be like, I need to live here. Um, so, <laughs> so I'm stuck in Atlanta for Hurricane Sandy. I'm at the Falcons tailgate. It's, I'm like, oh, I'm coming Uh-oh. back. Okay. So my friends are like, just stay. Just You don't got no job. Like, you know, just stay. I'm like, you're right, girl. I don't got no job. So I ended up staying. So you flew down there to visit. Yeah. And Hurricane Sandy yes. hit. Yes, and that was it. <laughs> that was it. Now, did you go down there because of Hurricane Sandy? No, or it just I so went, happened? My friends were there, and they were okay. like, we don't know what you're going through. Okay. Just come and visit. Okay. Right. And that was really right. it. So that was support. It was yes. a, a support visit. 
for sure. So they convinced me to stay. My ex-husband was still living in Atlanta. We had a really great relationship, but my homegirls were there and they convinced me to stay. But then five weeks of me being there stole all my money and had me homeless. <laughs> what? Yeah. What do you mean stole all your money? Yeah. How, how does that happen? Money is in the bank. Money what? is in a bank. And when you are talked into considering going into a business oh, venture together no. oh, and no. combining accounts. Oh, Alan Boomer. And uh, we're girls and why not? Damn. And, and it was a scam. It was a straight Ponzi scheme or no, it was just a bad business deal? It was a one day I can no longer get in touch with you anymore. Oh, wow. And Wow. Mm, <sighs> I was staying in one of your rental properties and one day the locks were changed. The only person I had to turn to was my ex-husband. Yeah. And at the time, we didn't know what we're... At the time, we were like, oh, this must be crazy. Yeah, we'll come must situation. have happened. He's yeah, like, she must be sick yeah, up in the hospital right. or something. So he's like, right. just come to the house. Like, right. just stay here through the weekend and like, you'll figure it out by Monday. I'm sure. like, yeah, right. sure. Totally. Yeah, no, that's not what happened. And uh, several months later... Of sleeping on my husband's ex couch, on my ex husband's couch, yeah. which was bearable because he was a consultant, and so he was, he was gone traveling. throughout the entire yeah, week. Traveling. He was only home yeah. on the weekend, so yeah. throughout the week I was there by myself. But after several months of being there and us realizing this is legit, this really happened. You're broke. You can't get a job. You're you don't have a place to live, and I don't know what you're gonna do. But you've got to get the hell out of here because I've have a life right. that I've was created. Was he dating at the time? And so he was dating and it was freaking him out because he's like... Chicks coming through, you on the couch. Yeah, you know? <laughs> right. And he's like, it's a little too familiar. Yeah. That was the biggest issue. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, I could sense. fall back into this. Yeah. But this is not what you want to do. I'm going to get my feelings hurt again. Correct. So I can't get too comfortable with this. Yeah. And so he's like, you got to get out. And mm. I didn't have... I still didn't have anywhere to go. Right. And no real income. No, no. So you not so, a fake income. There was no income. Let, let me recap this for the people listening. So on top of the world. Top of the working world. Working with Puff, hanging out in Paris with, with Private Jay-Z, jets. Private Jets, all that, cash in the bank. Woke up one day, say, you know what? I don't want oh so, sorry, got the guy she wanted. Woke up one day, broke up with the dude, sold a house, and went down to Atlanta. So she, you know, had had a little a little nest there, yeah, but exactly. all the worldly stuff. She was like, "I'm done. I right. got to figure out who I am." And then all the cash gets stolen. Yeah. God damn. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Could not mm. get a job. I was applying everywhere: L.A., Chicago, Atlanta, like New York. I've I've lived all over. Yeah. So I'm not really attached to any place specific, any place that. I, and first, and all of a sudden. I just could not get it. No one would hire me for anything. Do I'm like, was, I've got connections. My right. resume's flawless. Yeah. Nothing. Do you think it was the way with Puff? You gave your two weeks. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't you just called him and was Correct. like, I'm leaving tomorrow. Yes. You, you did a professional, gave yes. you two weeks. You don't think it had anything to do with him being upset that you left? No. No. It was just th- that time in the market. You just couldn't find could a job. Could not. Could not. I was Damn. getting the, you've got, you're, uh, you're overqualified. A, a lot of it was... People knew my reputation. And so they're like, well, why are you applying for this job? You've done all these other things. And mm-hmm. I'm like, because I need an income. Like, you're focused on the wrong things. Yeah. But it just it just wasn't, I could not get a job. Damn. You know, I know now all of this was very necessary because it stripped me of the person that I was prior to and mm-hmm. made me a completely different person. Yeah. And that is when I started my first company. Okay. And I started my first company. Tell us about that company. What was so, it called? What did you do? Yeah. So I started a web design company. I have no web design background whatsoever, but mm. I had been working in marketing strategy. So I knew what things needed to look like. I okay. worked with several major creative directors over the years on large brands, um, American Express, like CoverGirl. So I knew what things needed to look like. And so I just was making myself available. I learned, I call it YouTube University. I learned on <laughs> YouTube how to build websites. Right. And my goal was like, I'm not going to be the best website builder, but I'll be the best website designer. Okay. I know how it should look. Okay. Don't ask for too many bells and whistles, though. Don't get cute. <laughs> I sent an email out to four people. I was extremely embarrassed. I was extremely embarrassed because I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. I actually remember I was dating an entrepreneur after I got divorced. And I used to just rag on him like, you ain't going nowhere today. Like, <laughs> you're going to still be sitting here when I get back. He's, he's wildly successful. <laughs> Now, but at the time, I'm like, oh, you ain't got no job. Like, where are you going? Right. I used to rag on entrepreneurs. And so I'm like, here I go. Interesting. It's not with no job. And so 
I was so embarrassed that I I was only willing to tell four people that I did this. I built my website and uh, for the company and I emailed four people. And I just emailed the four people that I knew would not laugh at me. And okay. I said, listen, I did this thing. If you know somebody, tell them to holla at me. It was like that, yeah. right? Yeah. And I prayed about it, right? And this, and this was the prayer. Listen, God, I ain't want to do this anyway. <laughs> so if, you're, if you, this is what, something that you want me to do, yeah. you better make it work and it better be easy. Mm. I know you're not really supposed to talk to God that way, nah. but I think he understood my heart, okay. understood the frustration I was dealing with. Right. And um, I sent the email out. Within a week, I had enough money to put a deposit and three months down on an apartment. In Atlanta. In Atlanta. Atlanta. Okay. So you got business quick. Very quick. Okay. Very quick. And how did you price yourself? Like how did you decide how to price low, yourself? Low, too low. Okay. I really was pricing pricing things based on what I needed. Okay. Like, got it. So I need yeah. a place to live. Yeah. Gotta pay this car note that's yeah. behind. Yeah. And you know, and I was not even thinking about the product, but it was coming in. And honestly, the first like two payments that came in, mm. I was like, wait a minute, am I stealing? Because I'm, I'm not a web designer. Right. I'm lying to these people. Right. Like, right. And after a week, I was like, I really want to spend this money. So I got to go ahead and like fake it till I make it. Yeah. I kept those clients for years. My first two clients, I kept for years. Wow. But after that, the company grew very quickly. Mm. Very, very quickly. My prayer worked as they always That's do, right. but very, very quickly. And it went from, you know, I got a place to I got I got to hire people so I got an office up the street. Okay. And that all happened within 6 months. Wow. At that point, I recognized that everything that happened had to happen that way sure. based on who I am. It had to be that hard. Other mm. people aren't that hard-headed I am. It had to be that hard for me to end up in the position that I ended up in. Yeah. You had to like go all the way underground. But Negative. what it taught me was the person who I always was again, was on purpose. For the longest time when I was in the marketing industry, I used to like see these women, like female executives, and they were so like coy and like charming. And for those who know me, I'm like aggressive and like like <laughs> demanding. Yeah. And I'm like, I got to learn that. Like, I don't know how to do that. I got to dial back this other thing that I do, right? right? Like, I can't be like this. Right. You know, what's wrong with me? Or they would like really get off on certain things that like being around certain people and I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm, I'm poor at small talk. So like, I'm like, I gotta figure out, like, I gotta learn that. I gotta read a book. <laughs> you know, what's, where is my delicate side, you uh -huh. know? And all the things that I was, I would constantly say, think something was wrong. Like, why do you stay in the office so late? Why do you, I love working. Like, why do you like this so much? What's is something you got? parental issues like what's what's wrong mm. and it was through this time so I spent a lot of time trying to not be that person and trying to act like another person and like and through this difficult period of time and starting this company the only thing that made it work was me being the exact person I had always been but I had been fighting and mm. that is when yeah. I really realized no this is it this is who you are yeah and this is on purpose you know, what comes to mind is, is actually something I've been I've been focusing on for myself the last two months, and it's, it's acceptance. Yeah. Like, a lot of times we we fight who we are. And at least for me, because I'm very similar, I'm sort of very aggressive and kind of a go-getter, like, the idea of acceptance seems weak mm. to me. But then when you think about it, you're actually just accepting what you really are. And yeah. Then you can actually really, really do what you do. Right. So, like, I always say, like, I... I like myself a lot. Like, yeah. I really, really do. And it's not from a place of arrogance. It's from a place of hard work. Mm. It's from a place of I worked really hard to be this person. Yeah. And I went through a lot of uncertainty and insecurity. And I worked through it. Okay. And so what we've ended up with, I bang with her very, very hard. Like, I like myself a lot. I, I, I do. <laughs> okay. And I don't. Third person. Yeah, and I don't right. think people recognize that about themselves with everything that you've been through how could you come out on the other side talking junk about yourself or like feeling like you're not enough with everything that you've survived like yes. I'm my biggest fan like yeah. I like myself a lot and that doesn't mean that I'm perfect and it doesn't mean that I'm not working on things but I know those things are all very real I just know 
yeah, we'll, we'll work on them. Just like I've worked on everything else. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm just saying that I like myself a lot yeah. because of what I've come through. And I've got some more work to do. Yeah. I also, though, and I, this was definitely, so during that period of time when I started this, when I started my, this company. The website, yeah, website business, right? right? All I kept hearing at night was, get it together, get it together. And I'm like, I don't know what this means. And then. Hearing, hearing it where? In my head. Okay, okay. And um, I remember Puff one day in a meeting. Um, and it's funny, he recently said it. I am a huge fan of, of uh, Sean Combs as a person, yeah. as a business person. And so I was recently actually watching one of his documentaries last weekend, just for fun. But he used to say this in meetings, like, whatever you are, you got to embrace it. I don't have any room for insecurities mm. at all. Mm. And so if you think you're fat, you better get skinny. If you think, you know, you're not cute, you better do whatever you need to do to get cute. And he's like, it's not for me. I don't want people reading your insecurities in a room. I don't want you missing out on opportunities because you don't like how you look in that dress or you don't feel comfortable in this room full of beautiful people. So you feel like you don't deserve to be there. I need you, whatever your issues are, work on them right now mm. so that when the mm. opportunity comes, you're not pulling on your shirt. You're not hiding in the bathroom. And that is what mm. all I kept hearing. And so, so... It was like you was hearing his voice say I that. I was hearing his yeah. voice say that. And I'm like, I don't know what's coming. I have no clue what's coming. What am I getting ready for? But I got to get ready. And yeah. like any little insecurities that I had, that's all I worked on. If I thought, if I was like, I need to get down like one dress size, I was working out like crazy. If mm. I was like, you know what? I'm not the healthiest eater. I did not eat healthy until this moment. I was a person who refused to eat vegetables. Now I'm completely plant-based. <laughs> but it started in this moment. I was okay. like, yeah, I know. I was like, you're a little too old to be eating chips and cookies all the time. Like, you got to be in good health for whatever this thing is that's coming. Okay. I don't know what it is, but I committed to being completely ready for whatever it was that was coming. And when I tell you it came and there was no hesitation there was no, wait, well, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to. No, I was completely, when the opportunities started to show up and they didn't look like opportunities, but when things started to come my way, yeah, I felt completely comfortable to pursue or to go after whatever it was that was in front of me. Mm, that's powerful. So I, I almost, you know, I, you, you really said two things. The last thing, which is almost like not even just trust your gut, but. Trust the process. Trust the process. Right? Trust get ready process. now for yeah, whatever it is now. that you think you want. Just write that down. Like, you got to get ready now. You know, the thing with your, with your husband and sort of losing everything. That, I mean, that's just straight up. We, we've talked about that a lot. That's yeah. just straight up. Trust your gut. Yeah. Like, that's, that's all that is. But it's interesting because now, let me ask you this. When they came to you with the, with the Fugazi business idea, how'd your gut feel at that point? It, so... They had brought me this idea before and I was like, nah, like, I don't want to do this. Like, right. but at the time I could use the excuse, like, I got a job. I got, I right. got other stuff going on, right. but I never wanted to do it. I never ah, wanted to do so it. still the same thing. Yeah. And it, it, it was like, listen, you know, this is how they got me. Like, you've been working in, you know, marketing and strategy for all these years. You have friends who, you know, have products that they want to launch and have never been able to utilize your resources or services. And now that you don't have a job, you know, it would be wrong of you to not, you know, share your skills. Okay. Yeah. Okay. A little ego strokation. A little, little bit. And okay. so, but yeah, I never wanted to do it. I always thought it was a bad idea. Mm. So it just still goes back to yeah, trusting your gut. For sure. Damn. And with that, right, which is so interesting, you know, a lot of times things happen to us and we're like, why did that happen? Yeah. Right? It just yeah. in the moment, we're like, this is messed up. And I can imagine sleeping on your ex-husband's couch with no money. No money. is a, not a nice place to no. be. It's not a good look. No part of it is a good no. look. However, that led you to the website and yeah. that led you to that, that whole journey. Yeah. So it's just crazy how that happens. At the time, I, of course, I was like miserable. I was going of through course. a complete depression. Of course. Looking back Bitter. at it now. Looking yeah. back at it now, everything had to happen the way that it happened. I really yes. wouldn't change a drop of it. It yeah. literally had to happen the way that it, I, I remember during the time I'm like, you know, people are like, you know, God won't put more on you than you can bear, which I actually sure. don't believe whatsoever anymore. <laughs> well, um, you, of course you don't because you talk to God yeah. crazy. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I actually think I genuinely believe that. I don't I don't know if I believe that God is the one putting things on you, right. but I do believe that he will allow 
for you to be put under circumstances with more than you can bear because it is your responsibility to rely on God. Like, I do believe that. Like, if it was easy, you'll never rely on him. It's right. supposed to be unbearable right? And so that you can rely on him. I see what you're saying. But at the time, I was like, I don't know who you think I am. Like, I'm not her. You got our social security numbers mixed up. Like, whoever mm. the chick is who can handle all this, I don't know her. <laughs> I think her name is Keisha. But it is not, it's not me. But it, it had to absolutely be that way. It had to be all the things that went wrong. Wow. Okay. Now, I won't, I won't make you... Take us from there all the way up to yeah, now, because we, we know we, a know, we know it's road. a lot. It's a and, windy and, road. And for those looking at the video, you can see she's doing all right. I'm doing good. Yeah, no, she's life's doing all great. Right now. Life, life, life is great. Is great. She owns several businesses and and just corrected me at the beginning that she's now the uh, chief, just chief operating info. officer, right? It's new info of Momentum Advisors, a uh, fiduciary. The market is doing bad right now. What's going on? The listen, Dow is messed listen, up today. We're not talking about that. <laughs> That's why Alan over there on his computer. <laughs> As you mentioned you earlier, know, like cash I, I focus on non-market securities. Okay? That's right. Well, you you good. You're good. <laughs> I'm good over here. Are you hedging, Alan? You you, you guys got some hedging? No? <laughs> you, don't, you don't look too happy over there. <laughs> anyway, so we'll, we, we're going to jump for the true prescription for a second, just maybe jump into some other topics. Let's see. Oh, I got a good one for you. Talk about, so you don't have any children right now. Nope. Ain't going to have none. You're not going to have any. That's always been the plan. All right. I did see in your in your experience, you used to be a, you work with an organization to help young girls. Yeah. Uh, something in pause. Petals and bells. Petals and bells. Petals yeah. and bells. You, I mean, whether or not you feel this way, you probably understand it. You are a role model, right? You you know, you, you, have, to, you have to take that on, right? I'm picking up over time. Yeah, you're a yeah. role model. If you had a daughter, which you won't, but it's okay. Correct. If you had a daughter, what type of advice would you give her? What type of life advice would you give her? Oh, so I'm aware if I were to have kids, I would be a great mom. Okay. That right. I'm aware a lot of that. Of awareness. All right. Um, I just don't want to do it because I'm also the type of person that's all in on a thing. Okay. And I have other things that I want to do. I don't know if I'd be good at being able to accomplish being myself, being accomplishing the things that I want to do and yeah. raising another person. Yeah. But if I had a daughter um, and I love kids, I would constantly remind her that who you are in each of these moments, yeah. because you, who you are is going to change, yeah. is yes. exactly who you're supposed to be. Yeah. I don't care who, what, what they about. said. Yeah. I don't care what you feel. I don't like your body, whatever it is, whoever you are in this moment is exactly who you are supposed to be. And it's great. Yeah. And anybody who tells you any different, that isn't, that's all about them. It has nothing to do with you. I like that. Yeah, I was a fairly confident kid. Confident in that, like, I had a really happy um, upbringing. Even though it wasn't yeah. perfect when my parents got divorced, but, like, they worked really well to make sure, like, I had a really happy life. Yeah. Really great town, friends. I wasn't the most popular kid, but I was close. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it was very saved by the bell for me. Like, my boyfriend was the captain of the basketball team. Like, <laughs> I was invited to all the parties. Right. You know what I mean? Like, he had a cool car. I got, like, it was very yeah, saved the by the bell. Team. So I just loved it all. It wasn't until I got to college, Morgan. Mm-hmm. MSU. Morgan to teach you something. <laughs> <laughs> what what Mor- did you get Morgan taught? taught it to me very early. What did you get taught? Okay. I, I always, always give credit. Mor- I would say Morgan raised me up. Okay. For sure. Uh. Morgan raised me up something good. Talk to me about that. In what way? That's interesting. So again, happy-go-lucky kid. Yeah. Everything in life is great. Everything is is perfection. I get to Morgan. I had met. So first of all, I met this guy at um, freshman orientation. Okay. We yeah. talked all summer. Yeah. You know, I get on campus. My parents drop me off, and the next day, so classes haven't even started. He asked me to be his girlfriend. <laughs> Right, so I'm like, yeah. My friends are pissed. My friends who are right, like, right? Here. They're like, you ain't even right. seen the other dudes yet. Right. He might be the worst one on campus. <laughs> he was cute though. He spoke like a couple different languages. I like nice guys. I don't like right. you're my hood dude. Not no. As long as they tall. Right. That's the prerequisite. There we go. That's the prerequisite. And a job. Seven one. Seven yes. one. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Um. So I remember our first day on campus. Okay. I mean, first day of class. I was staying at Harper Tubman. He walk, He comes to pick me up so mm-hmm. we can walk the class together. Oh I'm that. Gosh. I'm that girl. Like we carry my books. Oh Lord, have mercy. Right. And I'm walking. I haven't made it 15 feet before this girl walks up to me and him. She stops us in our tracks and said, 
Oh, you think you cute? I'll take your boyfriend. I'm looking at him like, do you oh. know her? He's like, I don't know her. I'm, and she walks off. From Baltimore. Clearly. <laughs> okay. And she walks off. Interesting. I go to class. Immediately after class, I call my mother. I said, you need to get up here next weekend. You need to get up. I was still a tomboy at this time. It was nothing but like Nautica Sweats and Tim's and Uptowns. Yeah. I said, yeah. all this has got to go. Yeah. These girls are not playing on this campus. Mm. It is not a game out here. Mm. I don't want them to take my boyfriend. At least I want to get, I want to try to keep them. <laughs> and I, I, at that point, I was like, you've got to, you've got to step it up. Morgan was kicking me in my butt left wow. and right on a social, sure, from, on a social sure. perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is how bad I was. Let's get, before you go on, yeah. let's give some people a perspective of the demographics of Morgan, right? So Morgan stays in Baltimore, Maryland. It's, it's in Northeast Baltimore. It's in a little bit of the hood. It's hood. There's a lot of kids from New York, New Jersey, Delaware that are there. And then also you have this large contingency of Baltimoreans that go PG there. PG County. P, that, oh, also from PG. And it's in the community. So people just come, anybody can just walk on the campus. And so that's, you know, that's part of the, that, that sounds like one of them girls that might have just walked on the campus. But go ahead. So I, I have a car. I've yeah. had a car since I was 17 years old. Yeah. When I got into college, my parents bought me a brand new car. Oh, must right? be nice. Right? I'm, in, I'm, I'm thinking I'm making friends. I'm trying to make friends. Yeah. And I say one day, like in a large group setting, hey, what are you guys doing after class? Let's go to the mall. And they're like, <laughs> we don't have no car. I'm like, I have a car. Right. Like, we go to the, I'll take you guys to the mall. Right. We ain't got no money. Call your parents and ask them to put some money in your bank account. They're like, what are you talking was about? like, call your parents and ask them to put some money in, in your bank account. Oh, like, man. And I'm Damn. like oblivious. Like, right. just call your parents. Just tell them to deposit some money in your right. account. And they're like, who, who, what? Right. What? Yeah, no. Like, I was like clear target for robbery after that. <laughs> like, it was like, like, those were like constant moments of like, nah, sis, yeah. you, that's not what we do. I remember calling my parents like, these people don't understand me. I don't understand them. <laughs> I just so I assumed black was monolithic. Mm. That that was my biggest mm. mistake. So that's why when yeah. people talk about HBCUs and diversity, I'm like, nah, HBCUs are extremely diverse. All black people are not alike. And yeah. I did not know that before yeah. going. I'm like, we all like Jadakiss. We all wear Tim's. <laughs> like we all, you know what I mean? And then you get there right. and you got like the B, the PG that's like at the time for me was parasucos and tight jeans and dudes wearing lacing their shoes up all the way to the top. Mm -hmm. You think the New York crowd is heavy. Yep. Like everybody's Nas. Right. And then, you know what I mean? Like DC, even though it's right next to PG is completely different. And I did not know that people, black people were different. Yeah. And That's a great point. I also had to learn what you not gonna say, and mm. everybody's circumstance is not the same, and it, and you are responsible for that. You are responsible for understanding that everybody's circumstance is not the same, and you have to be able to maneuver, and you can't put your circumstance on other people, whether it's good or bad. Mm. And I was yeah. putting my good circumstance on other people, and that's not fair. Not knowingly, not in knowing. Yeah, yeah, I was clueless. Yeah. But Morgan definitely made me aware, for okay. sure. Okay. Interesting. Did you ever think to go to a, a majority university? Not for a second. Well, okay. let me let me not lie. Okay. I definitely applied. I okay. applied to Cornell, Drexel. I think those were the only two PWIs, that uh, predominantly white institutions that I applied to. And I got in mm -hmm. to both. And they both gave me some scholarship money. They didn't give me a full ride. But I don't think I was ever really going to do it. I don't think it was ever on it. Like, again, as we all were, I was directly influenced by uh, a different world. So it was going to be a black school. I just knew I wasn't ready to go south. I wasn't right. ready for that Spelman Clark. Clark Atlanta. Yeah, experience. That was my choice. Yeah, I, I, which for, I had a lot of friends who did that. Yeah. I wasn't ready to go that far away from home. I needed okay. to be able to get home quick in case if something <laughs> happened. <laughs> I was trying to go to Clark and my parents were like, to your point, like, yeah, nah, yeah. we need to get down to you. We need that three hour ride. Yeah. You know, to get to you. That quick. is that for me was yeah. like, oh, Morgan's right. Okay. We're gonna let's do Morgan. Let's yeah. do right there. So it was it was the best decision I ever made. Yeah, no, I had a great time there, man. Um class of ninety eight. There you go. So definitely enjoyed it. Talk about working for Puffy. What was that like? So it's everything. All the reality shows. It's real. Um, it's not a joke. No, seriously. It's but he's also one of the most intelligent men I've ever worked for. I remember hmm. 
from our first meeting, like he, I worked for Blue Flame, which is his at the time. I don't think it exists anymore. When he, you say, in, I'm sorry to cut you off. When you say intelligence, you mean like he's not intellectually, you t- you're talking about his ability to what? Because like talking I've heard about, him speak and I'm like, he sounds like he's having a difficult time getting sense. I'm, I'm talking about he does the research. Okay. He is always coming from an informed place. He is uh, reading all the market studies. He is reading all the background information. Like, you think he's just basing things off his feelings. Like, you know, yeah. it's it wasn't, at least not on my side. And I focused on the product side. So I, I didn't really do that that much with music from yeah. a business perspective. Sure. But like, Blue Flame was the marketing and, marketing and strategy agency that he owned. So any product that Puff had any relationship with had to go through Blue Flame. Yeah. So that's Ciroc. That is uh, Revolt. That is Sean John. That is all the relationships have yeah. to come through Blue Flame, and we have to strategize against it. And you have to give us the money, and we execute. Got it. And what have you? And so that's interesting. That's how he structured his. That's deals. how he structured. You his want deals. him to be a and, spokesperson, and you have to pay him as a spokesperson separately. Separately, and you have and to then you Blue have Flame. to hire my firm to handle the execution of the strategy. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, and so yeah. he was very, and I, and so I remember my first meeting with him. I'm like, I don't know what to expect. I prepared all these presentations. I'm like, he ain't going to look at these presentations. <laughs> and he was so informed about case studies, past discussions and research from years prior and market research mm. and all this other stuff. And I was like, oh, I, was, I wasn't ready for that. Like in my mind. So he was one of the most intelligent people. Mm. He taught me what makes him puff, like that audacious. Yep. Um, it gets on you. If you're doing it right, it gets on you. And you can never get it off you. And mm. it makes it very difficult for you to work with others after that. You're a little, you, you're infected. Mm, it's like a virus. It is. Like, it's, like a, it's like a virus. Yeah. And I want to even tell you, like, I am very like, what you mean? Like, you know, like, <laughs> you know. and, and, <laughs> and you going to make I, them walk to, uh, listen, to Junior's and for you? I, I've learned to dial it back. <laughs> I've, I've molded it into something that's more professional. Okay. But... My expectations are puff level expectations, okay. which isn't for everybody. But he teaches you, you're infected with. I remember when I started working for him, he said, listen, I've seen your resume, like, really great background. He's like, here's your problem. Mm. You know this industry. He was like, but you don't know how to work for Puff Daddy. And that's different. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. But I had to learn. He was like, well, these other people have over you is they, they know how to work for Puff Daddy. You need to figure that out. And I didn't know what that meant. This was in the first meeting you had with him? Or this was down the line? No, this was, it wasn't in a meeting. He just walked oh. into my office one day and just wanted to make it clear. Like, listen. Oh, you had been working for him for a while? Mm, two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> two weeks. And he was like, you know, you don't know how to work for Puff Daddy. And I'm like, you know, I'm very sophisticated. And right. Who I've got you? my systems. And right. uh, and um, he was like, yeah, them systems. I hate, that's not going to work here. And mm. at the time, I'm like, you know, it's, I just have a professional way of, of doing things. And I learned. I definitely learned within, like, three months. All them systems went out the window. Systems yeah. were gone, and I was wilding. But what he teaches you is when he asks for something, when he wants something, no matter how big or small, and you say to yourself, that's not possible. Because what ends up happening is everyone comes on one accord and starts working towards the thing. He says, I want this thing to happen. No matter how ridiculous, no matter how the timeline is. Now, you are all thinking this is not possible, but you will work towards it. You're like, like, maybe if we get close, that'll be enough. But as you're getting close, you realize it's possible. Mm. The issue with him is that anything that he's ever asked for, it always becomes possible. He no longer believes in impossible. He believes in maybe you're not the right person. Maybe I got the wrong team. I'm talking to the wrong individual. But everything he's ever asked for He's gotten. And then you start to realize, oh, everything is possible. Mm. And then you can never turn that off. And so when you leave the world of Puff Daddy and you're in financial services or well, like people start telling you stuff and it's like, who are you talking to? Like, oh, we can't do that. We don't do that in this industry. We don't operate that way. Coming into this industry and I've been in it for six years now, the looks, the feedback, the pushback that I've gotten because I am so different mm-hmm. has been constant, but it's working. Right. Clearly. But it's, it's working. Yeah. yeah. Right. And whatever you're doing, don't quite look like it's working. But what you are infected with is that it's all possible. It's completely possible. You, you can, I can never hear somebody say like, oh, we don't do that. Or we can't do that. I'm talking to the wrong person. 
Mm-hmm. I'm in the wrong room. Mm-hmm. And that is a, a lot for other people who accept no. For most people who accept no, it is a lot for someone to say, no, you're wrong. That's absolutely possible. Most people in this world will accept the no. And just do something else. And just do something else. And you'll never think twice about it. Yeah. I haven't been able to accept the no. So how did you you change yourself from that when he stepped into your office and said, this is your problem? How did you transform yourself into someone who then finally knew how to work for Puff. What, what Was it just the execution piece? I mean, it's was just it trial by fire. I okay. mean, you see every what everybody else is doing and you wonder why they operate that way. And I'm like, this isn't normal. And then they will ice you out. <laughs> they will ice you out. Like if, if you're not up if you're, to the standard, right. they're like, you, I don't know you. Yeah. I know you, but I don't know you. Right, and they will step <laughs> over you. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And I want to keep my job. Yeah. I have all these people reporting to me, but they know what to do and they're acting like, I don't know what to do. So you will get iced out and you have to just get on board. Yeah. And then, but I said, like, as you start to see, like, are they really, did they really get that far? Mm. I'm like, well, let me, don't let me, don't leave me behind. Let me get in here. This is really possible. This is really happening. And you just see it so many times that it's like, no, I was wrong. He can, he can have that. He can Mm. have whatever he wants to have. Mm. Once you see it so many times, and like I said, for him, who's, he's been himself for as long as he's been himself. He can't ever go back. But even in, a, in years of being with him, like, when you see it enough times, you're like, I've been wrong. I am wrong. Mm. He's not wrong. I'm not asking for the right stuff. So interesting. The listening to you talk, it makes me think about, he doesn't have an MBA, right? Mm-mm. You don't have an MBA. No. But clearly, both of you guys are successful right. in business. So, you know, how much education do you really do you really need? It's more about the mindset. And when know? we would have meetings, because, you know, we would have, a lot of our meetings were with Major corporations are larger parent companies, things of that nature. And they don't, they, they are expecting foolery. It was a requirement. We have to always be the smartest people in every room. And you need to always look better than everybody else in the room. That was a requirement. Mm, that's what he told you guys. Every single time. Mm. Every one of his executives at the time, and I don't know if that's still the case, he only had female executives. And every one of his executives you had to be flawless every time and you had to be the smartest person in the room every single time. MBA, mm. I don't know if you got, I don't know what you got. Right. That's not, that's not what we doing. We're not doing that. We doing who knows the information. Right. right. Who can execute. We would leave meetings and, and people would be speechless <laughs> on a regular basis. And he comes in just wearing whatever, like, you know, yeah, sweatsuit. Yeah, whatever, you know, whatever he got hat. going on that day. Yeah. yeah. But y'all looking just like 10000 $10 million. Every time. Yeah. And I want to tell you, when I started dealing with momentum, because we had to deal with each other for a while before I was open to coming on board. Sure. I'm like, this is what y'all doing? Like, this is what y'all look like? Like, right. what's, what's this? Makes I don't, sense. right, like, what? Right. I was like, I, I, I'm not comfortable with this. <laughs> so I'm uncomfortable in these, like, we not going into meetings together. Not Alan, but like, you know, just thinking like, I'm not, I right. can't do this. Right. This ain't going to work. Like, right. you, like, do you know everything about, like, is that your... Your suit fit like that on purpose? Like, (laughs) it went on for a minute. (laughs) And, you know, I've been embraced, luckily. And, uh, you know. Look at at Tiffany's, for those listening, look at Tiffany's Instagram. You'll see the, uh, call them colorful uh, (laughs) array of outfits and and, and, uh, uh, the amount of flyness. But that came from Puff. That came, when I first started, he was like, you're going to have to, you're going to have to elevate that. I'm like, I could, no, that was. Just like that. There were wow. times because the Sean John floor was like two floors beneath me. Yeah. Like we had a show, the, show, the showroom floor. There were times he's like, you need to go downstairs. Not today. You need to go downstairs. We're not doing that. I come from a very corporate conservative environment. And yeah. not even that, like, we didn't need to dress up all the time. Not that yeah. I was dressed crazy, but right. like, you got to be fly with Puff mm. Like, you don't know who's coming in here. You don't know if cameras are coming in here. Right. What are you doing multiple times? Haircut, like, nah. You got somebody? You going to call somebody? Just like that. Nah, we're not doing that. What you see on television is real. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's not reality TV. He's not being dramatic. Our engineer shaking his head. Yeah. Avon shaking his head, who worked with Bobby. Yeah, you're not He's doing that. He's co these statements that she's making. I'm, no. This is like, I, I mean, wow. It taught me something. It yeah. did teach me that how you look and how you present yourself matters. You don't know who's coming. You don't know who you're going to see. Mm. You've got to feel good about it. And that was when he talked about those insecurities. Yeah. Don't be in my meeting pulling on your dress, pulling on your pants because you're uncomfortable in what you're wearing. You're not comfortable with your size or you're not dressing for who you are. You're not comfortable with how you look. 
stand tall, feel act like you're supposed to be here. People pay people can notice when you're insecure like mm-hmm. that. So whatever it is that you're not comfortable with, fix it. Not for me, but for how you show up in these rooms. What if what if we get an award tonight? Like what if we get invited to sit down with whoever? Yeah. You can't be in there, you know, uncomfortable because you dress a little tight or and no one notices it. But they notice how how you feel, how you present yourself. He was like, so get it together, whatever it is. If you and it wasn't about like shaming, because if you felt good about you, whatever it looked like, he was with that. Mm. If you that was it was never about weight or whatever. Like you, you feel good, you feeling good. Mm. That's it. Right. That's right. it right there. We embracing it's about that. Attitude. But if you in here, you know, eating air and you lightheaded, <laughs> we not doing that. <laughs> Eat in air. Yeah. So he he created a a mindset and a culture. Yeah, for sure. And it it seem, it sounds like he was the you know the, literally he was the head of the snake. Yeah. And he was like, y'all, you see what I you see how I am. You yeah. see what I do. This is what y'all need to do if y'all want to be successful. But it's not. It's genuine. It's He's genuine. not putting yeah. on an act. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, you've had you've had a great great mentor there. Talk let's talk a little bit about financial freedom. Financial freedom. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to open it up. Yeah, so like being in the financial services industry, like I was on the corporate side of things. And so understanding returns for putting things out in the consumer market. On the individual side, it is very different, especially in being an entrepreneur and owning businesses and things of that nature and net worth and just taking all those different things into consideration. I think financial freedom for me is being comfortable, right? And we get so many people who reach out to us and they're like, I want to be a millionaire. And the... <laughs> Question is always like, for what? Yeah. Like, what does this number mean to you? The number means something. Like, a million dollars might not be able to accomplish what it is this is really about. Like, what is this about? You think a million dollars is going to solve all your problems. It's not. So you need a million dollars for what? Oh, I mean, you know, so I could just chill. Like, (laughs) no, like, you have something. You have a vision of the type of life you want to live. Yeah. Let us add that up. And let us find out what that number is. Yeah. And whether it, it is a million or it's more than a million or less than a million, yeah. let's work towards that lifestyle goal. Yeah, it's about lifestyle. It's about the lifestyle goal. Yeah. And so, yes, it costs to live, right? But you can't work towards the number, number one, because of inflation, all right? So the number's changing every day. Literally. Literally. Day. Like, yeah. we've got to work towards the lifestyle, and sometimes it might cost certain things. Sometimes it's a it's how you maneuver. Sometimes it's where you are in life. Sometimes you got to go back to school. So it's a number of things. And yeah. so I think at Momentum, we focus on the whole thing. Hence how we've gotten into franchising and entrepreneurship. Like we really, it's not, we're going to get you to this number and you'll be straight. What is it that you're trying to accomplish for your life? Yeah. What is it that you're trying to accomplish for your children? What do you want life to look like? I always say like, people work all their lives. At a very minimum, you should be able to retire gracefully. Mm. And what does graceful retirement look like? Yeah. What does retirement look like? Nowadays, retirement isn't not working. You know, it's working on the thing that you've always really wanted to work on. Right. So what does what does a graceful life look like? And let's build to support that with a financial foundation. That's what financial freedom is. I think, you know, it's funny. A lot of times when you use people use the term millionaire, right? What are they talking about? Right. Right? Are they talking about a million dollars in assets? Are they talking about a million dollars cash? Right. Like, what are they talking about? One of the things that we do with a lot of people is we'll show them, like, look, you're you're a millionaire millionaire already. Exactly. Right now. I can say that. My house alone. Right, exactly. You don't feel that way. Right. We we haven't accomplished (laughs) none of these goals out here. Right. But you're a millionaire right now. Boom. We did it. Right. We quit. It's over. No. It's not, it's not. And that's not what it's about. And that's why I'm saying it doesn't, it's not about that number. Most people, like I said, don't even understand that you're a millionaire. You don't even think about that because yeah. you're not thinking about net worth and all your assets. But like, boom, you're a millionaire right now. Go to sleep. Done. You're Finish. done. We haven't resolved any of the things even that if, really if matter to you. Even if you get a, a million dollar life insurance policy, right. you're a millionaire. Done. done. Finished. Right. And like million dollar life insurance policy is cheap. Exactly. Shout out to Momentum Risk Management. $100 a month. Oh, yeah. you guys do life insurance policy? Yeah, we we opened an insurance brokerage last year, Momentum Risk Management. Dope. Life, I didn't know that. PNC, I all types all. of all types of insurance. But yeah, no. It's not about the number and people have to learn that it is about the lifestyle and what freedom feels like. Yeah. And we got to accomplish that. Yeah. And there's some money tied to that. And a lot of times it's some other things attached to that. 
Yeah. It's interesting, going back to the whole financial freedom thing, right? It's a lot easier for someone to be financially free when they're free of, we'll say, children. Yeah. And free of a spouse, right? Yes. Like yourself. Yes. Right? Shout out to me. I, I love my wife. This is this, These comments have nothing to do with you. Right. Disclaimer, disclaimer. Y'all do that. Right? Pulling back in that other question I asked you before about what would you tell, you, you know, your child. Yeah. If you were mentoring somebody, would you recommend them don't get married? So I had a mentor okay. who did that to me. Interesting. And it's it's crazy. So the boyfriend that I met at orientation, <laughs> it was his aunt. It was his aunt. I used to babysit for them on the weekends. And I remember when we broke up, I was devastated, right? Yeah. I was sick. But, but y'all, the, the girl didn't take him from you. you y'all just broke yeah, up. We, oh, okay. Yeah, we just broke up. And <laughs> okay. But I was still babysit. For her on, my, on his for his aunt mm. on the weekends, and she used to do my hair. So I remember like going back down there, and I was she I was I was sick. She was like, "Yeah, we not doing this." Um, she was like, "So I just want to say something to you right now." And she was super fly. She looked just like Jada Pinkett, and she was married to a doctor. <laughs> also from Baltimore. Yeah, she was married to a doctor. Lived in Paris for however many years. She had two kids. She had a beautiful life, and she was like, "You see all this?" She was like, "This is cute, but don't don't get it don't get it messed up." She was like. Tiffany, I, I'm telling you right now, do not buy into the system. Do oh, not wow. get married and do not have kids unless you are painstaking. Like you wake up every night in the middle of the night thinking about children. Like unless it is a deep desire in your soul, she was like, do not buy into the system. And she used to tell me this all the time. And she used to wow. always encourage me because when me and dude broke up, she was like, oh, thank God, Jesus. She was like, <laughs> uh-uh, mm-mm, that wasn't the road you. And she, oh, she was like, I see so much more in you. Not that people who have kids, like, it's there's not a lot in them. She was just like, no one else is going to give you this advice. And I wish somebody would have gave me this advice. Mm. If you want to have children and get married, absolutely do that. But know that you do not have to do that. And life will be amazing. Mm. Like, it will, it will be amazing either way. But it's no important. one ever talks to you about this other option. Yeah. Just know that it's available. And yeah. if you don't have kids and if you're not married... Life will will be amazing, and I want you to know. She's like, so I'm all. She's like, I'm always gonna give you that part because I know the world is giving you the other part. Yeah, and that is the thing that made me feel comfortable. Like, well, I don't have to do that. Like, I don't have to. It was her constantly saying, just letting me know I had the option. Yeah, that well, I don't have to do that just because everybody else is doing that. I could just have another type of wonderful life. Yeah, and so I. From childhood, I always told my parents I wasn't having kids. But marriage, and I tried marriage, and I liked it. I, and I, I would like to be married again. So I'm not oh, against marriage. But yeah, I would love okay. to be married again. I know that. That was great. I did. That kind of helped me subscribe to, like, I don't have to have kids. Like, I just don't have to do it. Yeah. And it's not like I can try it out and give it back. So let's just not play with it. You know what I mean? Like, let's just not go down the road. Right. You right, know? Right, and so... Right. It is no work, right? It's yeah. works for me because I love kids. I've got a million god kids. I'm number one god mom out here. That's right. I date men who have kids. Like that's not my an issue for me. I'm just not. I don't require offspring of my own. Yeah, it's crazy because I just feel like women, you guys, get more pressure than we do. Oh my you know, god, growing up to. Get married, have kids. Yeah. And you think about it, like when you were a little girl, what they give little girls, little, dolls, little baby, little baby right. doll, right? Little carriage to push around. So it's something that's kind of like indoctrinated yeah. from the very beginning. But it sounds like from very early, you were kind of like. I did not like dolls. You, I did not. Yeah. I didn't want to take care of dolls. So we already. We yeah. should, and I told my parents at four, I'm not having kids. Yeah. And you think, you know, there's just, it wasn't until, like, my father started to, like, I think she's serious. My mother was like, <laughs> you, you're, you know, you're just saying that and you're. Uh, with your maternal clock and right. I, my father was like no I think she's that serious my father's cool with it and they have I have siblings they got plenty of grandkids so nobody's missing out on that experience my right. mother still is devastated but um, my She'll father's right. definitely embraced it and I think he's embraced it because he sees how happy I am Yeah, I just I think it's great for everybody who does it I'm just gonna choose another option yeah and you have that right. I have that right. Yeah, shout I out do to, get the pressure. What, what's though. her name? The lady from Baltimore. Her name is Bridget. Bridget. Shout out to Bridget. Shout for, out to Bridget for breaking the mold. And I'm all about doing something different or or going against the grain. That's my problem. Sometimes yeah. if it's against the grain, I do it even if it's not necessarily the right thing, just because everybody else is doing something else. Yeah, I would probably also tell my daughter. I mean, she would. I would definitely tell her that. Like, listen, you have options. If that's how you if you want to do that thing, you can do it. But right. also know. 
People say, you're missing out. You know, you're missing out. You don't know what I'm able to do. I'm, I'm out here doing all types of, I mean, you know, like it yeah. will be different, but it it will be great. You have complete options. Yeah. I'll tell you, man, it definitely, because I remember between my first and second marriage, I had this like period of time where my first daughter was like, li- you know, living with her mom. Mm-hmm. I was basically a single dude in New York. Now that I look back on it, I realize I had so much time yeah. to be able to just whatever I wanted to do. Like I could put a hundred percent focus right. in something and I was still trying to kind of find myself at that time. So I didn't really know what to focus on, but now I've got like 80,000 things to do, but, but I got, that feels I got so two little ones. good. Like in those times yeah. where you're like, listen, I could be all in on something yeah, or I could be all in on figuring out who I am. And I needed that. And yeah. you need that. Yeah. And I yeah. just think for me, it's funny, like on my worst days, like horrible day, bad day, devastated, you know, whatever. Yeah. I come home and I think to myself, at least I ain't got to feed no kids. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, parents, right. you guys right. have to go home and right. act like none of that happened. <laughs> you know, you got to smile and look at homework and feed you and act like nothing happened to you today. <laughs> and I get to address what happened to me every day. Right. If I need to take a bath, if I need to, you know, eat, some, eat a cookie, like, I, I appreciate that I don't, have to do that because I think as a parent, that is so hard to do. You have yeah. to act like none of that dirt that got on you today happened. Yeah. You've got to show up and be your best version. Yeah. But this person, and I don't have to do that. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Hence why I'm able to open a million businesses and, exactly. and have a million clients. And exactly. it's a trade-off. Yeah. My house, we call it shift one and shift two. Mm. So shift one is the morning, mm. like when we're getting them ready. Yeah. And shift two is like, you know, when we're getting ready for bed. And See? then we have our sort of time, you know, in those in those right. times. But I do remember a time, like, again, before when I just wake up, you know. Right. I started my second business. I was, you know, doing that and just kind of, you know, just 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 being, you know. But it's uh, it's definitely a trade off. It's definitely a trade off. But I think uh, I think you made the right decision. I do and I'm, too. I'm happy for you. You look happy. I am happy. You look happy. I'm happy. <laughs> I tell people like so. I get women are always like moms come up to me and they're like, "You're so selfish." You know, what kind of <clears throat> what kind of woman are you? You're so selfish. Interesting. Right now, this is like two minutes after I've heard you say like, you know. I got my kids, I can't stand them. I, right. I couldn't take a shower. Right. Every time I try to, you know, she ain't doing right. I'm like, well, you're not selling it right. How about that? Like, mm. you're not selling it mm. right. Like, how about you, if this life that that you are trying to push on me, why don't you act like you're enjoying it? Right. Otherwise, you're you're you are driving my point home more, even more. <laughs> like, stop being miserable. Don't sell, don't you're you can't sell miserable. Yeah. No, you can't. At least not to me. <laughs> I feel like I'm probably like offending so many of your listeners. And no, followers. no, this is listen. The truth will set you free. You know it. That's what I always say. I can't even say this is your. I, I don't like that term. Your truth, my truth. It's yeah. the truth. Yeah, you know, it, it really is yeah. the truth. It's a fact of statement that when you don't have children, and further for you when you're not married, there's a whole world of energy yeah. that you have to. Focus on what you want to focus on. Hence, that's all. That's hence not, why my friends who have children love giving me their children. Like, yeah. on yeah, I'll take your kids off for the weekend. Right. And because you need that. Right. And, and I know they're going back. It's a great trade-off. <laughs> I've got a ton back. of energy, right, that you don't right. have because yeah. you you do this all the time. Yeah. It yeah. is it is a trade-off. Um, like I said, I, I date men who have children and I'm as involved as is. That makes sense, and yeah. as, you know, based on the relationship and whatever, I'm not dating anybody now. But like that, I'm not against kids. I yeah. just never felt the need to have my own full time one. Yeah, where are you living now? You in the I, city in Jersey? No, I'm in Jersey. Okay. I just bought and rebuilt a home. Wow. I literally okay. have been in this home possibly two weeks. Congrats! It has been a long, interesting process. What made you move out? What made you move to I mean, I'm Jersey? From Jersey, but what made you move to Jersey? I mean, versus the city, versus being back I've, in the so city. I've, I've lived in the city. I lived in Dumbo for a okay. decent period of time. I love okay. that. I just think the city, for me, the city wore me down after a while. <laughs> like, especially, you know what I mean? Like, I, I remember what, like, what did it for me one day. I 
I joke about this all the time, but like when you live in a city, you can't go, you can't go and buy all your groceries at one time. No. Like on your way home, you stop by the bodega or the corner store and you get what you need for that night or for the next two days or for the right. weekend. Okay. And I remember waking up one day and was like, I just want all my damn groceries at one time. <laughs> I just want to be able to go into the grocery store, buy everything I need for the next week and a half and go home. Right. I'm tired of lugging my work bag with my shoes in it and I, whatever yeah, potatoes yeah. I could carry. I want all my groceries right now. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going, I'm going to the suburbs. I'm okay. out. And, and in true Tiffany fashion, I was in, out. in two weeks you were gone. I was out. <laughs> Me buying this house, this is, yeah. I've never, I've never want, even wanted to own a house before. Okay. Ever. Wow. So this was all very new to me. Yeah, I never. So you did something that you typically, historically had never wanted to never do. Never wanted to do this. All right. How old are you now? I'm 37. you can say seven. 37? 37. All right. Maybe in, in maybe at 47, you'll do something else you always said you never This was, do. it happened though because it came from my gut. There and I know. kept, and it yeah. kept popping up. And I'm okay. like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And after a while, I was like, all right, you're, you're serious. And I don't know where this is coming from, but you're, you're dead serious. Yeah. So I got to look into this. Okay. But I said, again, talking crazy, I said, I'm only doing this my way. I'm not doing this. I'm not buying. If I'm doing this, I'm building the house. I'm rebuilding the house. It's going to be my perfect dream house. There I'm not go. doing a, buying it because I it, it was available. It has okay. to be in the perfect neighborhood. You did a knockdown? Yeah. Okay. You did a knockdown. That's great. Yeah. It's, That's great. It's, it's amazing. Arch- arch- you got an architect and- we did Built all the whole, move whole walls, life. move bathrooms. Oh, new, great. Yeah. Okay. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Oh, all right. And at the time, everybody's like, what, what are you doing, bro? Like, what? <laughs> who does this? Who goes from not wanting a house to now I got to build a house? You don't even know what you're doing. Right. It came out wonderful. Okay. Beautiful. Okay. So I'm living in Jersey in my, in my dream house at the moment. <laughs> I think I'm going to uh, title this episode Dream Life. <laughs> I think that's what I'm going to title it. Dream life. Still, Follow your gut. Live the no, dream life. Follow your gut. Follow who you, like your true gut, yeah. though. Not like the gut that's been approved by the masses. Like yeah. not gen pop gut. Like yeah. the gut that like when you're alone yeah. by yourself, you're like, you know what I really want to do? Right. Is that. Right. That's the gut you follow. Right. Perfect. I mean, we can go on forever, but I think we're going we're gonna to end it here. That's fair. Tiffany, thank you so much. Thank you for this having me. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Um, I will sign off as I always do. The truth will set you free if you let it.